Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, Culture Kids. Welcome to our show. Hi. We are a family podcast empowering a generation of kind and empathetic innovators and citizens of the world. Join us today as we explore the colorful and complex flavors of Thailand with Pai Lin from Hot Thai Kitchen. My name is Asher, and I'm your host, along with my mom, Kristen. Before we meet Miss Pai Lin from Hot Thai Kitchen, we have a birthday celebration. We want to wish Jessica Fields from Los Angeles, California, a very happy birthday. And we also want to wish Sydney Burton from Los Angeles and Aria Cho, also from Los Angeles, a very happy birthday. Sydney wants to travel to France someday to see the Eiffel Tower, and Aria wants to travel to Hawaii someday. Happy birthday! Now let's meet our guest, Miss Pilot. She is an author and host of Pileen's Kitchen, a popular cooking channel on YouTube with over 1.8 million subscribers. Wow. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Miss Pileen. Hey, Culture Kids. Hey, Kristen and Asher. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Could you tell us more about yourself? My name is Pai Lin. My last name is Zhong Jit Nan, which might be long for many of you to remember, but Thai people tend to have long last names. And I am a chef, but instead of working in restaurants, I now teach Thai cooking on YouTube mostly. So I have a cooking show. It's called Hot Thai Kitchen. Yes. And then all my recipes are on hotthaikitchen.com. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. You have so many people watching your show. More than a million. Wow. That means so many people love Thai food. Aww. Do you have cooking books too? I've also written two cookbooks, both of them on Thai cooking. One is kind of like a textbook on Thai cuisine, and then the other one is a book about quick and weeknight family-friendly recipes. That's amazing. Our family loves cooking a lot of Korean food, and I have to say, even though our countries are both in Asia, Thai food is very different from Korean. Many Thai dishes that we love eating at restaurants are like a roller coaster of sweet, sour, salty, and spicy all in one dish. From mouth-watering curries to tasty noodles, every bite is like a mini adventure. So, what makes Thai food so unique? And special. 
Thai food is known for having a lot of different flavors. So first time you have Thai food, you might feel that it's just an explosion of flavors because we have everything from sweet, salty, sour, um, spicy, and occasionally we have bitter as well, but it's not as often. But in any given meal, there's usually all of these flavors going on, plus all of the herbs and spices that we put in the food, of which we use a lot. So I hear all the time when people experience Thai food for the first time that, wow, this is just an explosion of flavor I've never Had before. Awesome! Oh yeah! Mommy always says we have to try new foods, so sometimes I tried new Thai dishes. It has so many flavors. Yep, we always say try new foods because you never know if you might like it, and it's a great way of learning about how other people in the world eat and experience food. Some of them I like, some of them I dislike. And some were too spicy. Could you tell us about some of the important ingredients that go into Thai cooking? In Korea, we always use things like soy sauce, sesame seed oil, garlic, and hot pepper paste. So I think the hardest thing about Thai cooking is familiarizing yourself with the ingredients because there are many and they're all very different from what you would find in your typical American household. Mm-hmm. Or even if you cook Asian food like Chinese food or Korean food or Japanese food, Thai ingredients are entirely different. Ooh. There are some crossovers such as soy sauce. We use soy sauce. We use oyster sauce. Um, but aside from that, it's very different. So coconut milk is a very important ingredient in Thai cuisine. We don't use any dairy, so no cow's milk, no butter, no cheese. So anything that's creamy in Thai food comes from coconut milk. So coconut milk would be a very good choice for vegans and vegetarians. I know. Vegans when people don't eat animal products, like no meat, milk or eggs. That'd be hard for me because I love eggs while I do eat vegan cookies at least. We also use a lot of fish sauce. So fish sauce is a salty seasoning. You can think about it like soy sauce, but instead of being made from soybeans, it's made from fish. Fish sauce is often used in many cuisines around the world. It is made by combining fish with salt and letting it sit for a really long time. This process is called fermenting. Oh, fermenting is like a magical cooking process where tiny living things or bacteria make changes to food over time. And then we also use a lot of lime. So this will be our sour component. Limes are literally lemons. We've decided to try a new green outfit. (laughs) Limes and lemons have similar sourness, but they have their own unique flavors. Limes are a bit more tangy and can have a tint of bitterness, while lemons have a brighter, slightly a sweeter taste in my opinion. So they're kind of like siblings, similar, but different. Like me and Arden, my baby sister. And then we also use tamarind, which is the other sour fruit. 
Tamarind is a long, skinny fruit, and it looks kind of like dates. It's dark, it's sticky, but the flavor is quite sour. And so we use the juice from tamarind for cooking as well. I've never had tamarind before. I think I'd like it because I like sour stuff. Maybe. I've never tried it before, but maybe we'll grab one from the Asian supermarket next time we're there. Yeah. We also use a lot of different herbs. One thing is called lemongrass. So lemongrass is actually a grass. If you walk by it in the garden, you would never know it was an edible thing. Wait, so is it like grass from lemons or lemons from grass? <laughs> That's a really good question, Asher. Let me explain. It has a lemony smell. That's why it's called lemongrass. So even though it's not sour like a lemon, it has a lemony aroma or fragrance or smell. And so that's what we use for a lot of our dishes as well. Interesting. Maybe I'll try it. No, I want to sniff it. <laughs> it definitely has a unique and very distinct smell and flavor, mostly used in Thai dishes. And then the most important ingredient I would say in Thai cuisine is rice. <laughs> because we eat everything with rice, like many cuisines in Asia. So, you know, we can make soups, we can make stir fries, we can make curries, but then everything gets eaten with rice. And the rice that we eat in Thailand is jasmine rice, which is long grain and very fragrant. I love how there's so many types of rice. At home, we eat sticky Korean rice. Because we eat a lot of Korean food. I love Korean food. So what's the difference between sticky rice and jasmine rice? That's a great question, Asher. So the sticky rice we eat at home is called a short grain rice. So if you're more familiar with short grain rice, which is what people eat in Japan, in Korea, and in parts of China, short grain rice is much stickier than jasmine rice. So it's stickier, it's chewier. When you cook it, you use less water. But with Thai jasmine rice, the grains are skinny, it's long, it's really soft and fluffy, not as dense. And when you cook it, you have to put more water because it, it puffs up more. Poofy rice. <laughs> what would you rather have, the sticky rice or the poofy rice? Well, it depends on what I'm eating it with. What about you? The poofy rice. Yeah, poofy. <laughs> so, Pai Lin, could you share with us some dishes from Thailand that are special to you? One of the most well-known dishes of Thailand, and actually this is the most popular recipe that I have on my website, is a green curry. Yeah. Green curry tastes like a creamy and slightly spicy mix with coconut and herbs. And as I mentioned before about all Thai foods, it's like an explosion of flavors in your mouth. It's a bit sweet and really yummy, especially if you like trying new flavors. 
I've never tried it. I've had curry before, but only when my mom makes it. It's not green. I'm a little bit nervous about trying green food. Uh, Why is it so popular? I think it's popular with people because there are not a lot of food that is totally green, right? Like it's kind of a cool idea. Most curries are either red or brownish or maybe yellow. But to see a green curry, I think it it intrigues a lot of people. And the reason why Thai green curries are green is because we use green chilies to make the paste. So we grind up green chilies with a lot of different herbs and spices, and that's why the curry is green. And then the curry also has coconut milk as the liquid, and it's served with rice. And then you can you can make green curry with anything: chicken, beef, whatever kind of protein you like, or even tofu if you want to make it vegetarian. And it's of course eaten with rice. But I like that it's creamy and served with rice. And then the other dish that is very iconic is of course pad thai. Now it's a rice noodle stir fry with fish sauce, tamarind, lime ingredients that we've talked about. Usually it's served with shrimp, but other proteins can be used like chicken, and it has bean sprouts in it. I know that dish. Our family eats a lot of pad thai, but I do have to say that when Asher's daddy and I visited Thailand several years ago, it actually took us a while to find a restaurant that served pad thai in Thailand. Why is that? So the difference between pad thai in Thailand and the pad thai in America, there are, there are several, but the main thing is that most of the time when you go to a Thai restaurant in America. Or in in outside of Thailand, anywhere, the restaurant will probably have pad thai. Oh yeah! That is not the case in Thailand. If you go to Thailand to find pad thai, you have to go to a, a a place that sells only pad thai and maybe a couple other things. But it's not going to be one of the many things on the menu. You have to go find a cart or a street stall or a restaurant that specializes in it, and that I think is the main difference. Thank you for sharing that. That's good to know. We did not know that while we were visiting Thailand, and we had a hard time figuring out where to go to eat good pad thai. One day I'm gonna visit Thailand and look for the bestest pad thai vendor. One of my favorite things about visiting Thailand was trying the different street food vendors. Could you tell us about the significance of street food? So Thailand is really well known for street food, and street food is basically food that is sold literally on the side of the street. It could be a cart, it could be a bicycle, even with a little cart attached, or it could be a restaurant. But the door is open directly onto the street. But the food that they sell is quite different from the foods that you find in restaurants. For most street food vendors, it's something that's meant to be eaten by itself on your own. You can grab it and go. You don't have to share with anyone. You can think about it like a sandwich or a hot dog, right? Like this is something you're not going to sit down together with a group of people and share. <laughs> I like street food. Cause I don't like it when my baby sister Arden tries to eat my food. <gasps> What kind of street food is popular in Thailand? 
So in Thailand, we've got things like barbecued pork skewered on a bamboo skewer that comes with sticky rice, or it could be a stir, a noodle stir fry like pad thai that we talked about. And you can have a lot of snacks and desserts like fried bananas. Is we're really well known for fried bananas, and you know all kinds of sweet things that are deep fried or steamed. My favorite street food is dango. It's from Japan. Desserts are my favorite thing in the whole world. What are Thai desserts like? Thai desserts uses a lot of coconut milk. Yum, yum, yum. So as you can imagine, um, since we don't have any butter or any cream or any milk, we use coconut milk for all of that. Got it. We use a lot of pandan leaves. Pandan leaves are these long, skinny green leaves that are very aromatic. It smells so good. Some people say it smells like flowers. Some people say it smells like coconut. The main aroma that we use in Thai desserts. I smell a smelly smell. It has a sweet, floral, and slightly nutty flavor. My favorite dessert is ice cream or milkshake. Could you share our favorite Thai dessert? Or one that is most popular. Now, the most popular dessert in Thailand has got to be mango and sticky rice. Mango and rice is probably not a combination that you would expect to eat together, but this is a special kind of rice that's very chewy, very sticky, and soaked in coconut milk and sugar, so it's very sweet and chewy. And then we eat that with fresh Thai mangoes, which are really, really sweet. And the combination is just. So amazing that most people who have tried it are first surprised that the that fruit and rice get put together, but then they're surprised by how good it is. Probably also my favorite. If I have to choose only one dessert to eat for the rest of my life, this will be it. There it is, friends. <gasps> Mingles and sticky rice. Ta-da! <laughs> Could you share some important etiquette about eating Thai food? Oh yeah. So, in terms of etiquette of of eating a Thai meal, a Thai meal is sort of family style. So everyone is sharing a bunch of dishes in the middle. So etiquette number one is the right utensils that you're supposed to use. Is you use a fork and a spoon, no chopsticks, and no no dinner knife. Everything is soft or pre-cut, so everything that you're going to eat in Thailand, you won't need a knife to cut it. Yes. In Korea or Japan, we use chopsticks for almost everything, but not in Thailand. You use a fork and a spoon. And then etiquette number two is it's the spoon that goes into your mouth, not the fork. Oh. It's actually the spoon that scoops the rice, and the fork is helping push rice onto the spoon. In our family, we use spoons for soups. But do you ever, ever, ever use chopsticks? Hmm. Thai people use chopsticks sometimes, but only when we're eating noodles, and only some people. <gasps> Because there's a lot, there are a lot of Chinese people in Thailand, so a lot of our food has Chinese influence, or a lot of people with Chinese descent. So the use of chopsticks is present. <gasps> But it's not part of a, a standard meal. It's usually served exclusively for noodle soups and things like that. 
It's fascinating how every place in the world has its own unique style of eating with different utensils. Some countries use chopsticks, others use forks, knives, and in Thailand, it's usually a spoon and a fork. And some use hands, like if you eat if yelping food. It's like a secret code for enjoying food. This was a very tasty and flavorful episode, but sadly, it's time to wrap it up. Miss Pailin, before you go, do you have anything else you'd like to share for our grown-ups? So, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Hot Thai Kitchen on Instagram, and then my website is hotthaikitchen.com, and that's where you will find all of my recipes and all of my videos as well. So, all of my videos are also on YouTube, but all of them are also on my website. Thank you for being on our show. That was so much fun. Thank you again for having me on your podcast. This was so much fun. And to our listeners, have you ever tried Thai food? If not, what do you think it means when there's an explosion of flavors? Trying foods from different countries lets you discover amazing flavors and stories from around the world. We also show that we're open to learning and trying new things, which can help us make friends and understand the world better. I loved learning about what utensils to use. It's so interesting that every country that has different etiquette when it comes eating your food. And you know we never end our episode without some jokes. Okay, I'll go first. Go, go, go! What is the frog's favorite dessert? What? A hopsicle. <laughs> I get it, like popsicles, but hopsicles because of the frog. Exactly. Okay, now my turn. Okay, go. What travels around the world and stays in one corner? What? A postage stamp. <laughs> Get it? Because, like, it stays in one corner in a postcard. Ah, that was a good one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Feel free to reach out and submit your birthday request to hello at culturekidsmedia.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Culture Kids Media for our latest updates and some cool behind the scenes footage. Stay tuned for more. Until next time. See you later, alligator. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me.